This is the one with a tricycle. Those Michelin web robots. The first team told us? And I'm the bloody queen of Egypt, mate. This week, we will be mostly reviewing dinosaurs on a spaceship. Here we go! <laughs> Whistle on our epic race. All through time and all through space. With Slipping and Angels now. Dalek, Cyber, Zood and Wow! Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Eccleston to Whittaker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be. But who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. This episode is N090, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. I am Drew Back When, and I have two co-hosts with me tonight. Sitting to my opposite is... Marie! Marvellous! We're off to a great start. And sitting to my right is... Leon! We couldn't get Jim, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Hello, Marie. Hello, Hello Drew. Oh, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for making me start. Sorry. <laughs> so, Chipper's first appearance of Series 7. Kind of pleasantly surprised, frankly. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I had forgotten about most of 2012, it would seem. I was really surprised when the Michelin Web robots turned up in this one, because I, I knew they were coming at some point, but in this episode, I had no idea. Oh, really? I remembered that it was a comedy duo, and I couldn't remember which one it was. So, <laughs> so I was like, hmm, wait, hang on, we just had Armstrong. thought maybe it was Nick Frost and, um, what's his face? Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Laurel and Hardy. Classics. <laughs> <laughs> Luther and Melanchthon. Oh, that's going a little way back, yeah. <laughs> Well, shall we put a pin in them and return to them? <laughs> like he put a pin in a door? Yes. Oh. Time for us to synopsize, lobify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview, this free-for-all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. Ten months into his pond fast, the Doctor has saved the people of Egypt and solicited the services of Queen Nefertiti, an uber-violent macho big-game hunter Riddell, to join him on his travels when he swoops in out of nowhere and picks up the ponds after all. The Indian Space Agency has detected an enormous arc in space, falling to Earth, and is busy readying its patented 24th century can't-turn-off-the-locking-system missiles to blow it out of the sky. How many ponds does it take to screw in a light bulb? Well, more than two, it seems, because the Doc has abducted Papa Pond himself, Mr. Brian Williams, and together they now find themselves riding domesticated dinos down dusty corridons. Miss over, you are welcome. Aren't you just... Do you want to start us off with a question? Not a question, but an observation. We... Let's do that again. Do you want to start us off with an observation? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, there are a lot of arcs in space. We just reviewed two classic serials ago. We reviewed The Ark in Space. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Once your planet is fucked, there is nowhere to go but space in an Ark-like vessel. I guess that is true. I prefer The Ark in Space. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I did. What do they have on their Ark? People. Uh. I'm a racist. I don't like dinosaurs. No, no, it's not. not <laughs> What are the odds we've hit this point, the arc nexus, you know, at the same time? It's it's great. Yeah. Is it? Is yeah. this episode great? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I don't know about you guys, but I was prepared to hate it a lot more than I did. I'll probably give you that, yeah. Yeah? Marie, I'd, how do you feel about I'd, it? I'd remembered hating it more. And then I think, um, actually what I hated was by this point in the series, I was like, oh my God, just get rid of the pawns already. I'm ready for the new <laughs> companion. Because I think we'd, there'd been a build up to a new companion and we'd had the teaser last week with... Um, Oswin. Oh, yeah. Um, and I thought that this week was going to be the new, like, new Doctor with a new companion. Not new Doctor, but, you know. And yeah, and they go back to the ponds. And it's like, oh, the ponds again. We're not done with you yet. So, But they didn't, it didn't bother me this much this week. Yeah, you thought we were going to get a whole new character arc, but we get the same old characters in an arc. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, zing. <laughs> and we get uh, Brian Williams. Mm, pop a pond. Not the news anchor, Brian Williams. <laughs> NBC News anchor, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The guy who <laughs> lied about his experiences as a war correspondent. Oh. And who's yeah. also the dad of something, Williams, who's the lead actress in Get Out. Anyway, not that Brian Williams, different Brian Williams. Rory's dad. Yeah, I super loved Rory's dad. Loved him too. It was great. It was a really nice, yeah. Slight question at this point, where's Rory's mum? Not changing a light bulb. She's just hanging out in the kitchen. Have what? we ever had references to Rosemont? I can't think of any. And at the end, Brian Williams is globetrotting very yeah. clearly on his on own. On his own, yeah. So maybe he doesn't have his mum anymore. Or maybe she's estranged. <gasps> we can make up a backstory. <laughs> yeah, we can. Because it really bothered me when the doctor, he's like, oh, who's this guy? You interloper, you've found your way into the TARDIS. And then Rose has to be like, uh, no, it's my dad. You kidnapped him, basically. And then immediately calls him Brian. And I was like, nobody ever introduced you to Brian. You don't know his name. But he met, he would have met them at the wedding. Oh, yes, you're right. So he would know yeah. who he is. Yeah. So it was okay. But yeah, but wait, what, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't uh, Brian recognize him? Why wouldn't Brian go, oh, you're that you're hilarious that weird guy? guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who turned up in a, this exact blue box halfway through that wedding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Things starting to make sense now. Oh, you're the chap who folded space and time when my only child got married. <laughs> <laughs> you're the guy who fundamentally violated every law of the universe. <laughs> during the reception <laughs> <laughs> also Ron Weasley's dad oh yeah. and also the fast show alumnus ah uh, yes the second in three episodes after Annabella Weir oh okay mm. I haven't seen the fast show I had I confess this pre-recording sorry but that's alright because I haven't seen Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> not even the first one but you will Drew do you know why no. Because nature finds a way. <laughs> Is that relevant? No, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, tangent. Only because we had a quick talk about this the last time we reviewed whatever that was. Asylum of the Daleks. Already we are forgetting it again. <laughs> Where the logo clearly was black leather with metal studs. Yep. Did you know? Oh, no, that wait, the you mean tweed. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> you mean nine gyms. <laughs> Did you notice how the logo was different this it time? It was like like scaly, like uh, reptilian scale. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so they're matching it Are to the episode It somehow. seems so. It's going to be a different one every episode. I guess so. Mm. Yeah. And how long they'll keep that up for? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So they must have got or reallocated some money to the VFX department. Because I mentioned it last week. Well, they saved so much money by just making the intro green. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate that intro. Oh. It's so ugly. So in place of one intro, you get a whole menagerie, nay, park of dinosaurs. 
not all dinosaurs. From the trivia, the raptor models were reused from a different show, from the show Primeval, now that which makes, I don't know. I, that makes a lot of sense, because I noticed that the T-Rexes have feathers... But the pterodactyls don't, oh. and they're flying. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was making notes. No feathers on any of the dinosaurs. And then I look closely at the T Rex, and I'm like, no, wait, th- there they are, around the neck, mm. and, and down the down the shoulder. So yeah, yeah. So which dinosaurs were taken from the d- other show? The well, well, I call them raptors, but maybe they were T Rexes. Sorry. No, the featherless pterodactyls. No, it was the pterodactyls. Oh, sorry. No, the no, the raptors. Were, oh, the, <laughs> sorry, sorry. The, the flying thing. No, the no. running ones were taken from oh. the show Primeval. Oh, so the good, perhaps historically accurate ones. Yeah. They were taken from <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, come we've on, had pterodact- we've had pterodactyls on Doctor Who before, though. So presumably they just have a data. Ba- like the BBC probably just has a. Uh, can you speak to? Oof, I don't know who that is, but <laughs> <laughs> they probably just have a hard drive. Someone runs around with a USB marked pterodactyl. pterodactyl. So, oh yeah, plug that one in. Now make yeah. three of them fly. Well, they need an up data bank because pterodactyls were surely feathered. Get with the program, guys. <laughs> Speaking of inaccuracy of dinosaurs, oh yeah, um, how? Long did we take trying to teach your dog to play uh, fetch the other day? <laughs> well, um, not long enough because she still doesn't do it consistently. <laughs> yeah, but apparently, um, whatever the dinosaur, what's the big dinosaur with the horns? Triceratops. Triceratops. They do it straight away. <laughs> it's like here's your golf ball. And the guy's a the, guy, the guy. The Triceratops is a dog. Like, yeah, they've he like. He, pants around <laughs> makes no noise when when it walks yeah silent like, very yeah. stealthy mm. yeah that is exactly like a small fluffy puppy yeah. <laughs> I thought the T-Rex is sleeping when Riddell is stepping over it that was very reminiscent of Jurassic Park of dogs oh. well. <laughs> Where you're like, if I could just leave the room just, just, without just once. Without, I mean, she's in a deep sleep. She's dreaming, for goodness sake. And no, that you, you stand up. And it, your knees don't even creak. And she's looking at you. They do. Dogs can say, hear it. Yeah. We're all plus 30. Our knees definitely creak. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did enjoy the whole, oh no, what's that in front of us? Oh, it's a massive giant snoring <laughs> T-Rex. But nobody noticed that as we were walking into oh, the room. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> and the on, lighting's very dim. On T-Rex is bigger than that, by the way. It was it, a baby. Oh, I see. Because mm. if Jurassic Park taught me anything, it's yeah. that T-Rex is fucking enormous. Do you know, that was the thing, was um, Amy goes, oh, it's obviously a baby, we must be in its nest. Mm. And I was like, how do you know, Amy, what a life-size T-Rex looks like? Because she's seen Jurassic Park. But she's seen Jurassic Park, yeah, that was exactly my logic. Oh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> or being to a museum. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, I mean, there is that possibility. She's definitely been to the National Museum. <laughs> ah, true. Oh, yes. Mm, yes but it was yes. full of Daleks, not dinosaurs back then. But to be fair, was the Dalek slash polar bear exhibit. <laughs> so- <laughs> true. Yeah, n- next door is the dinosaur slash spinning Jenny exhibit. <laughs> Amy is very knowledgeable in this episode. She is given thinking to do and figuring out to enact. Yeah. Although a lot of it is just, I'm going to push all these random buttons and see what happens. I suppose. But it's quite brave as well, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I also like there's a bit where she tells her companions off. She's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Don't, stop, don't, don't <laughs> get give me flirting companions. Like, she's now in charge and she's got help. See, I feel like that's 
It's too narcissistic. <laughs> oh, but the episode invites it. You've got the Doctor in the middle of the screen and Rory and Brian on either side. Also on the Who Back When stats page. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's in my notes. <laughs> and similarly, you have Amy in the middle and the other two looking on exactly the same frame, exactly the same setup. Mm. Yeah, true. So yeah, give her a sonic screwdriver and a TARDIS. She could pass as a minor doctor at this point. But yeah, like she just she's in control. She knows what she's doing. She's not flailing around going, oh, where's the doctor? We have to find the doctor. She's like, no, Doc's off doing his thing. We'll stay here and do our thing. And we'll work it all out. Yeah, this isn't the first time that we've pointed this out about her, actually. I, I, I feel like relatively recently we've said this, possibly even in the last one, that she makes a pretty good protagonist in her own right whereas everyone else not everyone not the doctor everyone but the doctor is otherwise written to be a follower yeah she's a leader yeah she's comfortable like maybe that's it like she's not nervous around all this stuff yeah whereas like rory still is almost even though he's traveled just as much yeah she has he doesn't ever take that sort of leadership role or if he does it's very unwillingly he's the only one to do it and he's like oh go on then i guess i'll Take you where you need to go. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless Amy's in trouble, in which case he'll do anything. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And by anything, I mean wait any length of time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you think that maybe the other companions, the uh, companions of the week, were a little too comfortable with all this stuff? Like Nefertiti and Riddell. It se- but it se- when they were introduced, it seemed like they've already had it. Both of them have had an adventure with the Doctor, so they oh, know how true. it... So he saved her entire race somehow and we don't but we don't know i don't know what he did with riddell he shows up like riddell is just camping the doctor shows <laughs> up riddell's clearly had past adventures yeah. with him like he knows like oh yeah, yeah I'll come and he's rolling his eyes time. and he's like oh don't tell me that and then he's like yeah no you know i'm gonna go why would the doctor befriend this fucking murderer <laughs> Whose, like, prime objective when they are aboard the ship is to get himself a T-Rex or a raptor tooth. Tooth, yeah. Mm. He's a dreadful human being. Yeah. Oh, raptors have plenty of teeth. And what are they going to do? Kill other dinosaurs? Yeah, but when he's not hunting raptors, he's hunting big game. He's, you know, contributing to the uh, extinction of lions and tigers and elephants. Do you know galore. what? That was, a, that was a line that really bothered me, is when they're hunting the raptors and he goes and grabs... Well, he doesn't go and get Amy. He goes for another man and she says she's with two men, so she'll come. Uh, which is... That, that bit's nice. They're about to kill... like not kill, tranquilize a dot or the raptors. And she goes, oh yeah, it's about time these were extinct again or something. She's definitely Does she say some, that? She oh, says something that. about their yeah. extinction. Like, Amy, are you sure? A, you're not, you know these are not guns. Like, don't get all gun heavy. You're just tranquilizing them. And be like, that's not, that's not the doctor's MO. Like, Okay, can we can we just jump from that to the very end? Yeah. Not the doctor's MO. The doctor blows up his adversary yes! in this one. Yes, that was a, Huge beef I yeah have with this. It was very much like Amy leaving um, Madame Eyepatch at the end of the last one to her certain death. But at oh, least yeah. that, but yeah. that's Amy. That's like she's human. She's flawed. She can do that. The Doctor has this such a strong moral compass, and it feels uh, does like he? well, not he lately. Sh- he should do. Should he? Michael Ridgway thinks he should be don't sneaky know. and underhand. I don't know. Like. Because I feel like this has been happening more and more. Because I wrote it down. I said like, this is very undoctor like. And there was another thing right at the beginning when the guy asks for help, his legs are injured and he says, you're a doctor, you can fix me. Yeah. And Dr. Instrument says, but first tell me what I want to know. Yeah, this like guy it's holding is, him like, ransom. Yeah, he's bleeding to death. Yeah. Completely immobilised. Yeah. The doctor doesn't know that he's a bad guy. No, 
at this point he knows nothing he knows this ship is coming towards earth and there's dinosaurs on it he doesn't know anything about this guy other than that he looks like a bad guy <laughs> like yeah he looks really creepy but um, well he looks like an old man with sort of dark stylings yeah he, he he's just like, you he's look just... a lot like my past self <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like he could be anyone and he'd and I've, i don't know if i've ever seen him do that before like help first ask questions later yeah whereas this time yeah so that so that didn't sit very well with me and then the ending yeah. I mean, even if you allow that the Doctor is allowed some moral lapses to stretch over seasons, you can't then have it both ways and have Eyepatch say to the Amy, ah, the Doctor wouldn't like you doing this. Actually, he'd be over the moon. Yeah. 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 Well, at the very least, he'd just go, mm, meh, shrug. But, the, but then the ending, because this guy has committed genocide, Yeah, that was the entire Silurian race on the Ark. Was it? Or half of them underground? Yeah, anyway. so but, I, I don't know, but well, but where, we don't which, know. whatever, he's killed thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. But so is this the doctor saying that's in revenge? Like, I don't Karma. Yeah, I don't care about you anymore. You've, I don't know. But like, it's, it takes so much glee in it. It's not like it's a us and them and you have to go. Wouldn't it have he's been really the... joyful about it? And then yeah, he's he like is. skipping at the end when he's, he knows he's just killed this guy and he's like, oh, where do now? Like he's yeah, he's like, oh, isn't this poetic justice? Yeah. You wanted this, now he, it, it'll yeah. kill you. It's I know a, it will. It's not yeah. a dark moment for him. It's a, Wouldn't yeah. it have been maybe more doctory if he sets the ship afloat you know, towards uh, Siloria? But he keeps the dude there with his two immobilized robots. He's he only has dinosaurs for company, and now yeah. he's the only human being, or whatever he is, yeah. on a dinosaur planet. Yeah. He's basically alone in on no prehistoric power. Earth. Yeah, yeah exactly. that would have been a better punishment. I think. Siluria is Earth, isn't it? Is it? Homo <gasps> reptilia. They well, were the original inhabitants. Yeah, but this is in the future. This isn't. I mean, the ship, the Ark, isn't going back in time. The Ark is finding a new whole. Yeah, world I for imagine them, right? they've found an abandoned, like a planet, not an abandoned, yeah. like people just abandoned planets, um, <laughs> <laughs> an uninhabited planet that had the right um, temperament, and so they've set the dinosaurs free. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I reckon that the Ark set off sixty-five million years ago, and the Silurians must have had a good thousand years before that of knowing the asteroid was coming not to do anything about the asteroid coming but to build a 10 million square kilometer space arc because that's the path you would choose anyway <laughs> and into space you you trot and you presumably you just leave enough time for the climate to stabilize they had engineers they could build a space station the size of canada they know how long it's going to take so then it just goes in a big loop and comes back to earth later so you think they were always coming back to Earth? Yeah, but but wait, hang on. What? Wait, no, no. How dare you? Uh, ex- <laughs> wait, sorry. sorry. I think I'm, I'm just I'm missing the core concept here. The, the, it's the year two thousand three hundred sixty-seven. Two thousand three hundred sixty-seven. Thank you. This arc is already afloat I- in space, and it has been for thousands of years, and it's millions, now re- millions. Even. Yeah, and it's yeah. now returning to Earth potentially to repopulate. Turn off the arc. <laughs> Because but but that's then not going to be the prehistoric planet. I mean, it's, the Ark hasn't slingshotted around the galaxy back in time. It's still out there when there are still humans on Earth. Earth yeah. is no longer Siloria. 
Well, yeah, but the Silurians didn't know what was going to happen. They thought, well, we'll save it and we'll be on the ship and we're right-thinking homo reptilii and we'll talk to the current inhabitants. Probably some Silurians will have stayed behind because actually some did. Okay, question. When Brian then goes uh, gallivanting across space and time with the Doctor and he goes to Siluria. So does there are he... dinosaurs on the postcard. There aren't Silurians on the this postcard. This is my question, because oh, all of the right. other postcards were Earth, and it was just him on his own in front of like the Hollywood sign yeah. or the Elf Tower or wherever he went, um, and they were clearly from Brian. And then the Silurian postcard comes, and Brian's not on it. And I was like, is this supposed to be from Brian? Does Brian go I, in the TARDIS? I reckon Brian goes in the TARDIS. Do you think? Because I just thought he'd he'd got over his fear of flying and he was tra- finally travelling on Earth, but not with the Doctor. Don't they even say it's another postcard from your dad? Yeah. Yeah, so in, if that's the case, then he is off travelling with... The, my last note here is, like, is Brian Williams now a companion? Because he is travelling around with the Doctor. But... The alternative would be, it's not from him, it is from the Doctor, just yeah. to let them know, no, that's the thing, because she tells the Doctor, you never let me know that you're okay. <gasps> so oh. that's the bookend. Ah, it's not Brian's postcard, it's the Doctor's yeah. postcard to say, listen, A, I'm okay, and B, the dinosaurs have a new home. Because that's what I was going to say, is that it doesn't, I don't feel like this one's from Brian, because he's not made a cutout of himself and plonked himself yeah. on it. Um, but it must be from the Doctor, but the Doctor doesn't send postcards. Well, Look, he does now. No, he does. That's yeah. nice. Well, I don't, I don't like it, because either it should be called New Siluria, because it's not Earth, and Earth yeah. was the original Siluria, uh-huh. or it should be called Dinotopia, because... <laughs> the Silurians aren't there. Yeah, the Silurians are dead. Uh, or the Doctor named it, and he chose, poorly, the name Siluria. Or maybe he went back to the underground Silurians and said, Hey guys, you know how we were trying to find you a home on Earth and we, were, we thought you could have the deserts and whatnot? You don't need them anymore. I found a planet for you and took them all there. And so there are Silurians there yeah, as but well. To them, living with dinosaurs would be if someone came to us and like, Hey guys, do you want to Hell. live in a jungle with, with monkeys? <laughs> No, thanks. I like central heating. No, 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 no. Come with no, me. But Jungle like, monkeys. We like the fact that the jungles and the monkeys are there. We're trying to save the rainforest. Yeah, but we don't want to live with them. No, it's a big planet. You can still have a you can have a Silurian city. <laughs> and you go on holiday to like dinosaur watch. Like you're on safari. Wait, it is Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park, yeah. except if it were for us, it would be just like caveman land. <laughs> <laughs> you, after a busy week at the office, you treat yourself to a weekend at Caveman Land <laughs> where you have like purposefully regressed. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> so I've got another question. All right. Um, a few episodes ago, you and Podcast Land and everyone was very disappointed that... I have to say, the- you're looking at neither of us right now. Who is, who is disappointed? Everybody. Okay. okay. <laughs> Both of us. In the Cybermen episode mm. and how that doesn't count as a full Cybermen episode, that's rubbish. Oh, Here... Man. This is sort of a Silurian episode, but not one single live Silurian ever appears. Have we been cheated? I, oh, well, and I... Good question. Is the Silurian on the video the same... I know! I thought I was being massively racist. I'm so glad that you're asking the same question. <laughs> is it, is it Ma, Was it Malachi? Malachi, right? Yeah. It's like, is there just the one Silurian that's like the spokesperson so for all of them? In the... Was it Hung... Hungry Earth? Yeah. The Silurian that we met there was played by the same actress who then played uh, um, Madame Vastra. Madame Vastra, yeah. So maybe the idea is that there is one female Silurian like, appearance and one yeah. male Silurian it's appearance. It's gene chains. 
We've seen... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Nice Haven't one. we seen more than one female Silo? Didn't she have a sister? Played by the same actress, right? Was it? Yeah, she just had, like, yellow mm. streaks yeah, on her stripes. So maybe they... Yes. Yeah, they all do just look <laughs> Or kill same. faster stripes, whichever one. <laughs> yeah, but oh. it, we, had, we had Malachi back then, and we also had him in the season six finale, the name I can't remember, mm. where all of time is happening at once. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I reckon that makeup takes so long to get on. Should they just you... filmed all his scenes in one go? Yeah, all his scenes for the next five years. Because <laughs> otherwise you have to come back for another... Malachi. <laughs> yeah. But this one wasn't difficult to film. So no. if they had this uh, screenplay in the bank, then it's just like, hey, before you, before you wash your face, would you mind sitting in front of Skype for five minutes? I don't even think they had a screenplay. I think they just made him say random lines. So say some sci-fi stuff. And uh, <laughs> we'll write an episode around it. Yeah, he doesn't even mention dinosaurs, does he? He no. just says species. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. 49 oh. of the 50 species are doing fine. Ah. Mm. Is this... B- no, we've... No, no, it's... I was going to say, is this before we see dinosaurs and they didn't want to spoil it or something? But no, no, no we no. get to see a triceratops. Yeah. Or the other two dinosaurs. Quite way early. Yeah. As soon as we get on the ship, we see dinosaurs. Yeah. Are they iguanodons or something like that? Ooh, that's good knowledge, Drew. Oh. It might be terrible knowledge. <laughs> People are tearing their hair out at this. <laughs> Not iguanodons. No, no, there's, there's more beaky the, than the, that. The ones with the funky tail thing, right? Oh, the tail club? Let's look for that. There was one in... Boom, here we go. In The Land Before Time, I think, one of those. Tell me you've seen The Land Before Time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. What? That's a Pokemon, that's not a dinosaur. <laughs> Leon is Googling all sorts of dinosaur-shaped Pokemon. I only bring that up because... That is a cue for people to rate this as a naught point something. You know, a classic Doctor Who foe has been underserved. I didn't mind it at all. Okay. But I wouldn't consider this a Silurian episode. And I also don't know if I'd consider Silurian... From what I've seen in New Who, Silurians aren't a foe, are they? Yeah, they are. They're just a misunderstood species who got, like, ousted. The Silurians in classic Who trying to kill all of mankind. Well, I haven't seen classic Who. Fine. But... (laughs) Yeah, they're a foe. Like, uh, but I don't mean to generalise. The, okay. the, the, uh, they're not they're all Madame genocidal. Bastard, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Is, is clearly a, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Mm. But even so, they are a major, not alien, like a major terrestrial race that we've encountered on Doctor Who. So yeah. they deserve, like, if a Silurian appears in it, then it's a fair question. Is this a Silurian episode? And it, like, even the fact that there are no Silurians because they've all been... Um, evacuated from the ship yeah. uh, or expelled from the ship you know um yeah should there be some sort of recognizable um, symbolism or something that we've seen before that would make you say this is a silurian ship doors with the silurian handprint yeah. didn't we get that everywhere the yeah. sort of mr spock live long and prosper silurian handprint on all the buttons and stuff yeah whereas it almost feels like they could have filmed this and then they literally just put in a um, that Make little video clip of anyone. It could be any, like, Doctor Who bow. Yeah. You want to call them a bow. Sure, but given uh, <laughs> that there are dinosaurs aboard, then yeah, they clearly sense. want it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But not, a lot, not enough went into the design of it. To... Oh, so that's why the Silurians are so much keener on dinosaurs than humans, because they are fellow reptiles. Yes, the dinosaurs okay. evolved into Silurians, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the monkey... That's why I meant before, like, oh, so having Silurians yeah. live alongside dinosaurs is like us living alongside, like, you know, the the monkeys that, that turned into us, basically. And, well, the monkeys, the monkeys didn't exist. So they took all the animals that were available to them at the time, 
which were yeah, well, they took fifty dinosaurs. species apparently. So this well, ship has been in the best is the best in, one. This ship has been in space for millions and millions yeah, of years. Yeah. So okay, so that was a question. No wonder it's dusty. Is um the so Doc says you've interrupted this ship on its trajectory to this like promised land where they're going to go and find um somewhere to live. Yeah, and it went back on its return. Because you've messed around with the navigation system, it went back by default to the re- like return journey yeah. home. So yeah, it's been traveling a million, di- million years in one direction, and then suddenly it's 10,000 miles from it. Oh, you're right. Like, the master don't check out there at no, all. No, no. So, well, that, yeah. but yeah, Drew's theory fits that. So it should have been on its way back to Earth already, and it was, and he hasn't changed the trajectory at all. Yeah, either Drew or the doctor is wrong. My money's on... Uh, the Doctor being wrong. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Drew's nailed it. Drew? Yeah. Fist bump. <laughs> uh, okay, here's another question. Yeah. Why haven't the dinosaurs evolved over these millions and millions of years? Ooh. Because they've been... Well, where do they live? Because we've seen them running they, around had, the corridor. They've had more than 65... I don't know exactly the years, but they've had more than 65 million yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> is it just the dinosaurs in over 65 million years turn into dogs? <laughs> That's what happens. As in, they, dog, get, they, be, they yeah, exactly they look they, the same, but they're tame now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the cat maybe turned this, into the cat. So maybe the Silurians t- trained, like taught them how to play fetch. They got bored and they just started playing with the dinosaurs. Wouldn't the thing be like it, it's it's a weird thing? So wait. No, the dinosaurs and Silurians must have coexisted because the Silurians didn't have time travel capabilities, so they will have just picked up some of the dinosaurs thinking, oh, they're like the slower Silurians. They're going to turn into (laughs) us in a few minutes, yes. (laughs) But so why, when the dude ejects all the Silurians, why haven't all the dinosaurs turned into Silurians at this point? Also... (laughs) I I appreciate that evolution doesn't exactly work like this, but why are they still... (laughs) Why is there still a Triceratops after 65 million bloody years? Well, I mean, why haven't the Silurians evolved over the 65 million years to become super Silurians? Yes, exactly. Um, What... Why did the dude decide that dinosaurs are extinct and therefore very valuable, so I will keep those, but this entire race of Homo reptilia, they're not valuable at all? Not at all. This like, is the same guy. One of them. This like, is the same guy who knows about Nefertiti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, because we've known he's not above like capturing sentient creatures. It's not the fact that they're dinosaurs so I can sell them. Yeah. Like he's captured Queen <laughs> Nefertiti. So why wouldn't why wouldn't he keep at least a handful of Silurians? I'll tell you why it is. Because gene chains mean that you can't work the economics of scarcity with a Silurian. You get one Silurian. There's thousands of the exact same one out there. But it's so. But common. not when you've like shuttled them all out into space and killed them all. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, actually, maybe he should have goldfingered this and like, then, kill ninety nine percent of all Silurians, yeah. so that remaining one percent is super valuable. Yeah, and then we would have <laughs> live Silurians on the ship, and then we wouldn't feel cheated out of this episode because there's no Silurians here. Or he oods them. He oods them. Like do some horrific surgery on the Silurians and make them the new ood. I mean, I this is all terrible. This is terrible <laughs> yeah. politics. This is awful. But he's a bad guy. And another thing. Uh huh. And another thing. <laughs> so, explain to me why the doctor doesn't appear in the database. Oh, yeah. Because Oswin deleted him very specifically from only the Internet of the Daleks. The Dalek yeah. database, yeah. Yeah. 
And I sort of thought, oh, but like the doctor's supposed to be dead. So he doesn't, ex- da, 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 da. but that doesn't mean anything because the dinosaurs are extinct and he still knows about them. Like he would know, he would be able to identify the doctor from the internet of all time and space. It was only the Dalek database that he got erased from. Well, hang on. Did we forget that at the end of that episode, which name I still haven't remembered, <laughs> he sort of fell out of time apparently and was forgotten then. So how did the Daleks <laughs> all know him at the beginning of wait, wait, series wait. seven? <sighs> wait, when does he fall out of time? When he's supposed to die at Lake Silencio. Oh. Oh, yeah. So he shouldn't have been in the Dalek database. Or he should have been Doctor Deceased. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. Who, that is who, true. A, a deceased doctor is not one you would call upon to come and solve your problem. No, true, true. But as we said back then, they did take a day out from the time war. So, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I think that oh, the Daleks... I will hand wave because maybe they they know they travel in time. The Doctor travels in time. They can pick him up even if he's currently dead. They can go back into his time stream and get him when he wasn't dead. But uh, blah, blah, in whatever. which case, it changes nothing that he dies. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, to be this unless this guy is using the Dalek database, which we've had no indication of, he's not. Oh, he is linked. a bad guy. Well, he's a bad guy. <laughs> but isn't anyway? They all share. There's data. no reason that he should have not been recognised. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so Solomon's played by a recognisable chap. Filch! Also. <laughs> oh, wait, who's Solomon? Yeah, David Bradley. Yeah. Phil- yeah, okay, good. It's Filch's character on Harry Potter. Yeah. We would yeah. both have said William Hartnell, but I would have meant... Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would have meant a stitch in space and time or whatever it's called. Yeah. And you would have meant... An adventure in space and time. That's the fella. Mm. But he also played no, the first right, doctor in the... That, that special. He did. Twice Upon a Time. That's the one! Yeah. <laughs> that episode's name I can remember. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, um, Wait, which one? Which one comes then, first? This comes first. This comes first. Yeah. Then comes Adventure in Space and Time. Then comes what's it called again? Where's the Burn of Time? That was Leon. That was Leon. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> good, Drew. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Should we run through some of David Bradley's extensive filmography? Oh, please do. Well, Marie's already identified him as Belt. Filch. You keep saying Filch. Who is this Filch? Um, the the greatest he's a caretaker. caretaker of all time. <gasps> yeah. That's not the greatest caretaker of all time he's played, thank you very much. What? Who else did he play? The Doctor. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the most evil caretaker he's ever yes. played. Yeah. <laughs> Turncoat. Yeah. Okay. So, we've also got him in The World's End as Basil. Oh, yeah. Broadchurch. He's a Chibnall light, mm. a Chibnall Easter. Oh, is he in Broadchurch? He's called Jack Marshall. Oh, I forgot about that. Does he play a really evil son of a bitch? Because it's, that seems to be his MO, apart from when he's playing the Doctor. He obviously. plays one of the good guys on uh, The Strain. Uh. He was also in Captain America, the first Avenger, with Clara Oswald. No, no way. He was the tower keeper. He's Who? good at being a caretaker again. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was also a gardener in the Richard II episode of The Holy Crown. Mm. So he's good at tending things. Yeah. Back in 2002. Uh huh. Good year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the year we met? Excellent for Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, was it? I actually no. think it might have been, was it? No. 2002, no. that was 17 years ago. That was a long time ago. Sorry. <laughs> Back in, in 2002, head. he played old Jake. Oh. Even then, nearly a generation ago, he was old. old Jake. Oh. Perpetually aged face. And his first credit on IMDb is train pulling into station. <laughs> <laughs> now, he played the moon with the rocket that landed in his eye. <laughs> 
No, no. His first credit on IMDb is nearest and dearest. He played second policeman. Aww. Which is the exact same as my first film role on that's, IMDb. That's it true. Is not. It is. That's amazing. But I'm only Podcast Land, please. Not second policeman. <laughs> See if you can find Drew on IMDb. We looked him up before we pressed record. You've already heard the entirety of the information about me on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, I'm listed as Drew Stanley 3. Uh, he also is he's currently missing a bio so here's a challenge for you podcast land (laughs) if anyone has uh, the right credentials to write stuff on imdb just go ahead and write yourselves a nice drew bio you can upload a photo as well nick the one from the website i'm sure you won't mind (laughs) yeah the one with the big hair yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's quite enough about whatever that was Yeah. Tangent there. How about Rupert Graves? Is that Riddell? That's Inspector Lestrade, mm. yes. Oh, that's where I recognised him from. <laughs> uh, who, wait, I don't know who Inspector Lestrade is. From Sherlock. Sherlock. Oh, yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> no, because as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, Jim, do we know this? He's been on this before. Has, how, where do I know him from? And Jim's like, no, no, no. I think this is his first appearance. But that's where I was remembering him from is Sherlock I think yeah wrong Moffat yeah, show wrong show <laughs> no I like him though he's a, he's a good actor he's um even though he's a bit of a bastard in this he's quite charming still yeah hmm. yeah I was actually surprised by how much charisma he brought to the role yeah. because in in Lestrade he plays a sort of bumbling idiotic figure who, who's got nothing going for him essentially I, d- I still like I think he's still likable like I don't know why he's fine yeah. but there's no reason to root for him at no, all or- no no well, you know, wish there was more screen time. Did you like that he ended up with Queen Nephi in the tent? I was just about to say, I did not like that. <laughs> you did that. not, no. Sorry, I cut you off there very rudely. No, well, I was asking you a question and you answered it, so. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but Wait, that's how conversation works. Well, it seems as though, shouldn't she, A, shouldn't she go back to her time? And her B, husband. And her husband. Well, I, I, okay, I don't actually know what happened. Regardless, A, shouldn't she go back to her time? Because otherwise... That's sort of contaminating Earth's timeline by having someone from the past in the relative future, yeah, her relative yeah. future. But secondly, she was a walking feminist statement, mm. and then that is completely undercut by the fact that she somehow shacks up with the macho, like, Jim Grunter. The walking innuendo. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It seemed yeah. as though it, that ending for those two characters did her character a disservice. Yeah, whereas if it had been the other way around, maybe if he'd gone back to her time... If he learned something. And, and exactly, and yeah, well, maybe that would have uh-huh. been... This is the worst moment of the episode for me. Really? Where he does appear to learn something for no reason at all. When? Because <laughs> it's when Tricy is killed. And he's been, as you say, shooting up the big beasts of the... Savannah? That's the word! <laughs> Savannah! <laughs> Thank you! The Savannah. For decades, and he sees one dinosaur that he rode down a dusty corridor for a few meters. He, he didn't he even did, ride he didn't the even dinosaur. Ride no, he's got very no. little to attach him yeah. to that dinosaur, but he looks over as if his heart is breaking and melting, and he's mm. re- really rethinking his place in the scheme of things. 
for no reason at all. Yeah, mm. cut to the guys blasting raptors left and right and like, dreaming rock hard about <laughs> extracting a tooth from one yeah, of them. because at this point, they're d- again, they're not killing raptors, they're just stunning them, and he still wants to go and pull sti- a fucking yeah, tooth he wants- from a live it's dinosaur. Revolting. It's revolting. And horrible. then cut to the very end where he's going to the bone zone with Nefertiti, queen of Egypt, and they are back in his tent. It doesn't seem as though he's like, well, I'm going to trade in my rifles for, I don't know, a life of peace. I'm going to build a lion sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. No. He's, he's now taking Nefertiti game hunting. Although yeah. they still have the tranquilizer guns, so maybe they just stun Oh, he's just going to detooth all back. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has got a lion sanctuary and they're all really calm, playful puppy lions. Yeah, because they're like <laughs> can't kill anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like <laughs> <laughs> Or better yet, take this original non-historical character out of his non-time mm. and have Queen Nefertiti choose him as her new Egyptian consort. Mm, and yeah. Yes. And they can show her, you know, not bossing him around, essentially, but some sort of functional but her relationship. still being the really fucking awesome, powerful queen that she is. And caring, yeah. because she cared so much about her people, she was willing to give her life, like, in repayment to the doctors. Like, you, you, you saved my people, therefore I will give myself up to save you yeah. like it was such a big deal to her the fact that she would just abandon them just to go and shackle with this guy in a tent unless it is just a literally like a little doc just let them, wait what is like, that what, what is that no, 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 no it's, it's not, just a little well, i don't uh-huh. know a little hand movement there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, doc just drops them off gives them like 24 hours in the tent and then he and then he takes her back to her own it's just a little holiday for her oh yeah no that that's not gonna fuck up the timeline at all <laughs> <laughs> And then, let's say she gets preggers, and nine months later in her timeline, but then, you know, shortly thereafter in in ancient Egypt, she gives birth to a child that looks nothing like anyone around her has ever seen. (laughs) Behold the god child. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Probably would, yeah. I did like when um, Rory, uh, Amy was Rory's queen, though. Yes, yes, I like that. That's a nice line. (laughs) What sort of queen are you? <laughs> queen Nefertiti? <laughs> she was working her mouth way too much in this episode. And by that, I don't hey, mean oh. talking or having lines. I just mean she sounded like Josie Lawrence with five seconds to go. Wait, who did? Just a minute. Nefertiti or Amy? Yeah, she, she was constantly over-enunciating. Oh, I liked Nefertiti. Oh, really? I liked Nefertiti. I thought she was really cool. Well, that's how they spoke back then, Drew. Give the woman a break. Wait, what? <laughs> I suppose, yeah, if you are on the top of a pyramid... No, wait, they didn't just stand on the top of a pyramid and say, <laughs> this is why I rule you. My public, yeah. <laughs> so one thing we missed about Rupert Graves, he was in a film in 2018 called Silencio. <gasps> Ooh. Nice. nice. <laughs> I forget which one Rupert Graves is. Ooh, and in 2015, Riddell. he was in a film called <laughs> Bone in the Throat. He was not. He was. Are you kidding me? So is that the segue from the Nefertiti ending? (laughs) Oh, dear. I don't know where to go from that. Speaking of things that we really liked, I really like that Rory has been collecting nursing supplies. I love the nurse supplies moment. Yeah, that was nice. Because they so often just forget that he has any sort of medical training and should be good in a crisis and 
They don't give him yeah, any. Yeah, and he, he actually puts like all these journeys to, you know, he gets his money's yeah. worth. He, he picks up useful stuff, exactly. not just whatever, weapons, for example, or f- fancy trinkets. Yeah. So, no, no. And it was a nice... Little plaster. Like the, the father-son bond as well. Like we both have our pockets full of useful things. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because nice. yeah, the dad carries around a... trowel. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on your Christmas list. Oh. It was nice not to have them snipe at each other for the entire episode. Yeah. 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 I was ready for that to be over. Well, it's that moment... Like that moment when your parent is constantly telling you what to do and then you're like, no, maybe I know better. And they start to respect you as a person, not just a child. Yeah. I feel like we saw that in front of our eyes. Yeah, mm. I should have a giant robot shoot my dad. <laughs> we can arrange that, Drew. What? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, no, take that out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any uh, killer robots. Don't, don't quote me on that. Oh yeah, that was my takeaway from that. But now I realise I should have gone. Wait, you just threatened to kill his dad? Like, <laughs> no, not kill. Just, just slightly w- wound. Yeah, wing wound it. his yeah. dad <laughs> with sci-fi weapons. Yeah. So we also have the. F- I don't know if it's the first appearance in Doctor Who of a basically planet-sized ship. I mean, we've had plenty of planets. But th- this made me think quite a lot of um, World Enough and Time. What is World Enough and Time? It's Capaldi's not-quite-swan song, where they start off on the first deck, or Capaldi's stuck on the oh, top yes. deck, and time is travelling much slower there, ah, and there are sure, whole yeah. worlds on each, you know, hundreds of decks mm. beyond that. Classic Cybermen in New Who. Yes. Oh, I love that. Or those episodes. But this is this is the first time where Doctor Who, you know, basically said, we can just take an external location and call it a ship, right? I, re- I thought that was really cool, actually, when they were on the beach. And they, I, I knew they were still going to be on the ship. You kind of, you know, and then they find, oh, find the rock with the thing in it. And yeah. I like that Rory was the one who f- found the ground humming, though. Because normally it's Doc, like, sticks his tongue out, goes, this is not a, and he does a listening thing, and he works out what they were somewhere weird. Um, so it was nice that someone else got to do it. Miriam was still in the room. She did not make it through the whole episode. No. But she was still in the room <laughs> when they were on that beach. And yeah. her first comment was, is that Bad Wolf Bay? It looks like, that's exactly what I thought, actually. It looks ah. like it. But is it just because it's sand and water and it was a bit grey? Like, Maybe. Don't yeah, it this, may very well I be. I don't know if there's any distinctive features <laughs> that would identify it. Well, at one point, they're running away over rocks that look very much like... Rocks that are found on every beach in England. <laughs> I was going to be slightly more specific. <laughs> okay. Look a lot more like this, the... the uh, where River is saying smilers to, to the Doctor in uh, Flesh and Stone, or the one before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess... I bet yeah. you this is all the same beach. It's one, it's <laughs> it's one just, beach, It's yeah. filmed from different angles. They filmed it all at the same time. They closed the beach down for a week. In um, fact, it might also be where Broadchurch is set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this was written by Chibnall. And yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, guys, I know this beach. You know what? No, the broad... <laughs> that's what he sounds like. By the- that's the what you sound like, Chibnall. <laughs> <laughs> The Broadchurch Beach is very sandy and then a bit rocky. That's so, true. Yeah. And uh, rocks tall enough to throw a child from. Oh, yeah. He's there. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> no, that's in the trailer. That is in the trailer. That's what the whole thing is about. Marie told me never to watch trailers. <laughs> it's true. It happens like, opening credits. Okay. <laughs> it sets the whole tone, though. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, there's roughly opening credits. <laughs> I can't speak for the American remake. 
Oh. Are they doing an American project? They have, and Tennant is in it playing himself with an American accent. What? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember what it was called now. It was something slightly more bombastic. Mega than... Church. <laughs> I was just about to say, oh my God! <laughs> 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 we talked about Rory gets to have the nice moment of, of hearing the ground hum and the doctor doesn't do that. Later, though, they have to give the same thing to Brian, where he says, Oh, well, we've got the same gene <laughs> yeah. And the doctor's like, oh, Silly me. Oh, an idiot. I didn't think of that. Yeah, and then oh. we get the Williams boys <laughs> Pacific rimming the shit out of this, <laughs> in this arc in space. <laughs> but I was going to say that the doctor not seeing something really obvious and the team having yeah. to step up and do it for him is very much like in the ghost monument where she's like oh it wasn't here uh, probably never see it again and then and then Yaz has to be like oh you were a bit worried there oh yes I was actually oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Tim <laughs> well done Yaz justifying your character <laughs> see you five episodes from now <laughs> oh. I was going to say that I liked the the scene where Amy is saying, you haven't seen us in a long time. But for a very specific reason. Mm. Oh, yeah? What was your reason? The reason is, for the last two series, there have been all these great big arcs with the science and everything, and every moment they have had has sort of been related to a bigger TV show in some way. Whereas this, because it's not... I mean, obviously, they, they are going to drop out of it at some point, but that's not necessarily a, f- a function of the TV show. It it just felt more natural to a relationship rather than having to be at the service of driving some plot. Mm. And I thought it was more genuine and possibly better acted because of it. Is this the same scene where the, he's got his arm down the hole <laughs> it's basically saying distract me i work better when i'm yes exactly and yeah. then she gets but there's really the moment deep. where they go quiet and he's like oh, well i may not be around forever oh nor may i or something like that so she said she it's like will i, I be there little... till the end of your life yeah and then she and then she flips it back like, exactly yeah the first and then and then there's a real quiet moment because it's like he probably will like he will wait and watch her grow old and die because that's what happens to all of them. He Highlanders everybody. Yeah. He does, yeah. yeah. But I didn't think about it at the time, actually. But this is now knowing what's happening to the ponds. Mm. Uh, to the, the ponds! Oh, the, whatever. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, isn't that a little bit... That's that's too big a hint. Are you are you trying to hint at what's going to happen to these characters? I oh no! I, did you just ruin it? Was I it- don't think it was. I think it was just that they're mortal and they will they will have an expiration date that he doesn't have, or you know, not anywhere near the same level. So eventually, they will get old and die without him. And hmm. it was just a bit of a human moment. I don't think it was very spoilery, was it? It uh, was it true. Well, I, I do see how it does fit into the the broader arc, but it is a conversation he could have with any companion that is true yeah yeah and also, but their broader arc isn't because spoilers because they end up with, it's the angels yeah that get them so they don't they don't die prematurely they just get dis- that's not what i remember oh, isn't it if i remembered it wrong odds are that i'm remembering this wrong okay. i think you know this way better than i do <laughs> because i think marie's right let's hear what you remember yeah let's hear- <laughs> oh shit yeah <laughs> let's see where we go with this okay so Oh, man. <laughs> no okay. pressure. All right. uh, At I, the very worst, it'll be the second audiobook. <laughs> okay, I remember Rory just straight up dying. 
and Amy contracting that stone disease, which we've hitherto really only seen in passing in um, New New York, where some guy has, I can't remember what it's called now, but the thing that turns you into stone. The Duke of Manhattan. Is it the Duke of Manhattan? Whatever. I believe so. He Okay, so he has petrophilia. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it's called. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he has this stone disease. Anyway, so my my recollection of this is that she contracts this stone disease and that she turns into effectively not she doesn't turn into a weeping angel, but she might like she just turns into a stone statue. But she's still like conscious inside. It. No, that she no, dies. She just dies. She, she dies. She straight stone. up dies. She turns into stone. Oh. Petrofold regression. I'm That's very... the one. Petrophilia. It's where you love to stones. See if that happens, because <laughs> I'm now I'm now questioning what I've remembered, and I'm buying your story, and I think that might happen. But I, I also remember seeing their tombstone. I can't remember. That seeing... was Amy. Amy's, well, that was Amy's tombstone. tombstone. No, that was Amy. She turned into Rory's tombstone <gasps> because of the petrofold regression. <laughs> She turns into a stone statue of herself and then the doctor chisels their names into her back. <laughs> retro rewrite, retro rewrite. I can't I can't picture a stone Amy is no? the only thing. I can't picture a statue of Amy. Okay, here's another possible Okay. Okay, there are there are many competing theories. So, so here's another possibility. Yeah. She's in the process of turning into stone, mm-hmm. and the doc goes, all right, so you two, angel out of here. Yeah. That's the only way to save your life. Oh. And the angel will absorb the stone somehow, and Ooh. you will be uh, living humans in the past. But I don't know when. Yeah, maybe. Cut to post-credit sequence. They wake up in original Siluria. <laughs> Raptors everywhere. <laughs> and that time racist from series 11 is also there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if at the end of this episode you zoom in on the postcard you can see Rory and Amy in the background riding the triceratops take us out of here all equally plausible exits for Amy and Rory cool just, yeah <laughs> any, any one of those <laughs> good work on an entirely different note, do you think in this episode the BBC FX team just suddenly realised, wait, we can overlay stuff. We can have things from the point of view of screens. Because there oh, are like crumbs. a million of those shots. Mm. There, was, there was also a lot of, just a lot of effects shots where at one point you've got the Triceratops needlessly in the foreground and Bradley behind it and behind him the robots and it's like look how many layers we can put into this one <laughs> shot at once. It's 2012 guys, we're finally catching up with, oh. you know. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know what really. Saying that, some of the some of the special effects, the space scenes looked great I mm. think. Like the just the two second cutscenes of his spaceship, of Solomon's spaceship hanging outside, and the the Earth in the background, and I thought that was beautiful. When Mister Pond Senior was sat with his cup of tea in his sandwich box, like just taking in the Earth as well. That, that was, is a lovely uh, scene. Very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. More realistic would be he gets vertigo and just tumbles to his doom. <laughs> <laughs> But we've seen from the beginning of the episode, he is quite comfortable up a ladder. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah. Same yeah. difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lovely scene, though, that he's, yeah. that's all he wants to do. He just yeah, because oh. nice. yeah, when he said, ah, there's one thing I want to go and see, there was, there was, there was 
my mind was racing with what's it going to be like yeah. what 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 planet what what period of history in earth's history but no it was just the planet earth and and that was incredibly sweet yeah. yeah really nice and that but that's what makes me think he didn't go traveling with him because he kind of had his one like that, wish yeah almost. that was it for him that's yeah. my moment and now drop me home yeah no because right after they cut away he's like is that it <laughs> <laughs> he, by the way he must have had that sandwich in one of his pockets yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> How would you compare him to Wilf? <gasps> Favorably. No, no. Sorry, I take that back. Oh, really? No, they're both... I don't know. They have a, a similar... Vibe. Wilf is older. Yeah. But not entirely dissimilar dynamic between yeah. the Doctor and... I really Set liked him. I wouldn't have been upset if he made a cameo in a few more episodes. Yeah. Yeah? He's a good guy. Yeah, I'd have liked him to have been given a chance for his character to go somewhere different than just nitpicking at Rory and then saying the obvious thing. I really didn't think he had a brilliant role, mm. to be honest. Okay, how would you compare him to the microwave salesman slash ex-engineer in Chibber's later season? I'd say the latter guy had more to do. In a way. <laughs> this guy, Pacific Rim's a Silurian arc. He digs up a beach. What I mean is that he had more to do, I guess, emotionally. Mark Williams is just sitting down with two iPads in front of his face, swinging them in on, on a framework. And the one thing I really did like that he did okay, okay, was when he got licked by the Triceratops. <laughs> yeah. And his reaction to that was just brilliant. It was so much more than you ever get, but it is exactly what was required. Yeah. yeah. Everyone who's ever done that before has been underacting <laughs> massively. Yeah, no, he, he, was, he was fantastic. I think that's the thing is that he's a really great actor and I really, really, I just really immediately warmed to him as soon as he came on screen. But you right as soon as you stop and like think about it it didn't have that much to do so it just it would have been nice to see him do a bit more or be in a few more episodes or something in fact now the realization that he did not travel around yeah, with the doctor is yeah. a little disappointing yeah it would have been nice to have like to see the doc in a couple of those postcards as well and be like oh they had a little adventure of their own he's basically turned into the garden gnome from amelie from <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> How have we compared him to everyone in Doctor Who and now the gnome from Amelie? He's so versatile. Not Graham. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So versatile. He's totally the Graham, isn't he? Oh. Yeah, he's the proto-Graham. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. With the missing wife that we don't know. Also true. What happened to her? Mm. I was going to say, we're gonna, we might find out more about either person, but we're probably not going to. Mm, I don't know. We don't. We definitely don't get as much time spent on Rory and Rory's family as we do Amy. So I yeah, no doubt if it would come back again. Wait, how much of Amy's family do we get to know? She has none. Exactly. Apart from her aunt. And the aunt's girlfriend or wife. Yeah. Wait, didn't they retcon in her parents? Yeah, they did. Pond? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah, the, when she woke up after all the stars went missing, and, oh, and he was like, remember yeah. them hard enough and they'll come back. Oh no, she's painting stars again. How yeah. dare this child have an imagination? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one yeah. I remember. Like every kid who's painted a unicorn, <laughs> like send them to camp, <laughs> get that wiped out of their brain. <laughs> Bellevue. Yeah. <laughs> There was one other thing about the uh, Tricy. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult to say. <laughs> um, why do dinosaur puppets always seem to have great big slimy tongues? Mm. I mean, do, do dinosaurs never shut their mouths? 
I was going to say, uh, do, do any animals that we currently have on Earth have that slimier tongue? Well, it's, it's, not, the, yeah. it's not exactly the sliminess <laughs> factor. It's just the fact that whenever dinosaurs show up, there's you know animatronics and puppets, and their tongues are always front and centre and hanging out, and they've got a great big gob. And it's is like, it that why is that? Is it that there's always a dinosaur licks your face scene? Maybe. Because, <laughs> wait, that, that happens in Jurassic Park as well, right? Uh, spoilers, Drew. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to watch it now. Wait, doesn't that happen? I, I feel remember. like that has, I does know. happen. It was a long time ago. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Someone definitely gets sneezed on by a brachiosaurus. Yes, no, someone does get sneezed but is, on. But does no one also get like get licked? Uh, it seems a bit too friendly for the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Probably it might happen. Dude, you gotta watch this thing. Right, and then let us know. <laughs> it has, what's his face? The postman from Seinfeld. Oh, Newman. Yeah. Newman. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Marie, you have a brand new notebook. Do you have? We haven't talked about Mitchell and Webb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I read out my note from when they arrived? Yeah. Because it's very specific. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, expect no less, Drew. The robots appeared and I cried out aloud, oh no. <laughs> How so? Very much like that. Oh no. <laughs> I think, just, I really, I like Mitchell and Webb. I love, like, I adore Peep Show. It's one of my favourite shows. Were um, they wasted in this though? Yeah, it really feels like. They got all the worst lines. They did get all the worst lines. It didn't have anything to do. They, all the lines felt really forced. Like, it, yeah. Including the the end, the Daisy, Daisy. Yeah. We get it, Chibnall. You've watched two thousand and one, <laughs> but yeah, they always do. Yeah, it. I don't think there was anything like there wasn't a line that made me go, "Oh yeah, that's that's them." Like they're they're so like normally they're really clever and witty and laugh out loud funny, and yeah, it just this seemed was, really corny. It seemed clear that their dialogue had not been written by them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It was a bit of a waste. Yeah. They really anodyne. The thing about I leaked a bit of oil just, just makes oh. you cringe. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. We don't have tantrums! This, this is when they write in and go, we did write all that. We're proud of it. <laughs> that was oh my, my goodness. goodness. Work. Mr. Yeah. Webb, you guys listen to us? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you still know at Radio 4? <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, it feels like they can't have the back again now. But then maybe they can because they had Filch back a couple of times. So. That's true. And but they're not always. Their voices are so incredibly recognizable oh, yeah, as well yeah. that it seems strange that they didn't object to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially as because as the robots, they could have redubbed better lines at yeah. any point yeah. before broadcast. Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes. Very true. Mm. I'll go with your thing. They can still come back. Yeah. You hear that? People who clearly (laughs) listen to us? (laughs) For me, they almost managed to ruin the incredible scene of the Doctor and the two Williamses riding a dinosaur down a corridor with lasers firing either side of them. And I was thinking, only in Doctor Who! And then the robots start on. It's like, oh, fuck no! I want to read you what I wrote about that scene. Okay. Um, the point where they escape on a dinosaur was where I lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay, here's what I wrote for yeah. that exact scene. Yeah. Could perhaps have done without some of the prequel trilogy level comedy in brackets riding the Triceratops. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to ask you earlier, what, at what point did Miriam walk out of the room and say this is enough for me? I think it was before then, actually. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah she yeah, did not make it far. Yeah, because we said at the start, like, what do you, like, what were your expectations of this episode? And I remember watching the first, like, third or something going, oh, this is so much better than I remember. Yeah. And then that happened and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> This is why. Yeah, I really hear that. <laughs> well, I suppose the thing is, you've got dinosaurs on a spaceship, right? Yeah. They're not going to be Silurians, partly because talking reptiles are Silurians. So they can't talk. So yeah. they can't be the ones in charge of the spaceship. So what else are you going to do with them yeah. at that point? It sounds like a brilliant idea when you write the title. Yeah. But if you scratch the surface, it's like, oh, oh, crumbs is really very little. Mm. Have you not seen Jurassic Park, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> it's no spaceship. <laughs> Dinosaurs like, on an island, great. You can make it a lot more like dramatic and terrifying, and like dinosaurs are really scary and uh, want to eat you. Actually, yes, that's that's the point. Was anyone scared by the T Rexes at any point? No, no, I don't no, think not me. So. Yeah. And I didn't even clock at the time that I should be scared. Yeah. I get that they were creeping around, but I just I never thought for one second that. They were actually in any peril. No. Because Doctor Who doesn't deal with that level of actually a companion could get eaten. <laughs> but there were spare companions, like Nefertiti could have been eaten or the He wasn't game wearing hunter. a red shirt or anything. <laughs> no clues. Riddell could have been eaten. Yeah, Riddell Nefertiti could have been eaten. could not have been eaten. No, but Riddell, whom no one knows. Yeah. Could easily have been eaten. That could have been his comeuppance because he got violent, he got the guns out, and he would have been should have been eaten. It would have been yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could have he could have I can't spoil Jurassic Park for you now. <laughs> You need to watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> he could have reached down into the into the T Rex mouth for a tooth, and he would have gone. Oh no! Wait, there's a bigger one further back. And he was like, "Get your hand out of there!" And he's like, "No, no, wait! I can, I can reach it. Let it go." I've always wanted a, a raptor tonsil. <laughs> yeah, and at that moment, it wakes up and just sucks him in in one movement down its throat. <laughs> the next episode set inside the raptor. <laughs> Is that what's supposed to have happened to um, the bad guy? His legs have been chopped off by a dinosaur. I think that is actually what happened. Yeah. yeah. Because that's, that's quite a scary image. But then the dinosaurs that we meet just don't live up to it. How easy is it to fix a gammy leg, by the way? I was going to say, I mean, he didn't really have any medical devices with him. He should have called for Rory and Rory's backup oh nurse kit. Oh, the nurse! Yes! Yeah, that's, so, that's so true. Rory's got an injection somewhere that will just, like, reform legs. Well, the doctor's surely. basically got one of those things that you you distribute plaster with. You know? <laughs> Or, you know, like when, when you on new put the silicone insulation in your shower. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to squeeze some of this into your leg. Yeah. He's got a giant syringe of Insta-Leg in this guy's own craft. Yeah, yeah. And he's That's lying right. on the table. He's like, well, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wait, is that the only way into that spaceship? I think between the Silurian ship and his, however, weirdly, it's docked. Maybe. So how did the robots get in and or out? Aren't they his ro- they robots? They teleport. Oh, they teleport. That yeah, is everybody it. Yeah, teleport. Yeah. They te- they do so he must tele- he teleports the robots in and out of his ship whenever he docks anywhere? Is that what he does? Well, it depends on the teleport facilities that you dock into. I don't know. I, mm. He probably went into the Silurian ship, 
And it's like, oh, I have to leave my robots behind. And the computer's like, ah, I've I got news for you. It took me so long to <laughs> to Johnny Cash these robots piece by piece into my spaceship. <laughs> I like the fact that Doc has a Christmas list. Oh, me yeah, too. That's, that's nice. Quite sweet. There yeah. are nice lines. Yeah. Six hours is a lifetime. Well, no, that's what we're trying to avoid. <laughs> They're not, yeah. <laughs> I like when the doc kisses Rory for saving the day and then slaps him around the face quite a bit afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's slapping him so much less violently than Amy customarily does. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this it's is like, quite a good day for Rory. Caressing my face, look how gentle this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like the punch of an angel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like at the end mm-hmm. when doc's like yeah so let's go and drop these uh, dinosaurs back and find a new planet and da, 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 da. and Rory's like well i think we'd be best be heading off like he's that lame guy at a party who's like leaving at about 10 30 don't like, want another adventure no i'm gonna go back to a boring light i've got a light bulb that needs screwing in how does like, amy feel about this yeah it just it feels so out of character like they've been desperate she's been going oh it's 10 months i can't believe you haven't seen this why wouldn't you want to see this adventure through to its end yeah or insist on a new adventure exactly like what is waiting for you back home that you have to leave now it seemed really out of character i didn't like it yeah i agreed Thirded. my last note ticked off <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a perfect time to jump into some ratings Ooh. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Okay, so it's quite a complex process to arrive at a rating for this one. This, as I said, is one of those concepts where the execution can never live up to the initial thrill of its ideation and contemplation. Dinosaurs on a spaceship! But then you dig a little deeper and it turns out that actually it's like being the showrunner for Doctor Who or meeting Dorian Maldivar in person or having a shower with your partner. It just never quite lives up to the, you know, expectations. I thought that there were... I thought the episode started quite slowly, for all its efforts to hit the ground running and screening with a horde of historical heroes heady with chutzpah. But Rory wasn't as blindingly stupid in this episode as the last one, and for that it must be commended. Solomon was a great turn by David Bradley. Nice entrance for him onto the show. I thought that when he said, shoot the older one, or whatever it was, that was just lethal yeah it was that's exactly what you want from a bad guy that just just in an instant to just pull out a line like that it's it's nice it's unpredictable nefertiti was annoying as sitting on a pineapple (laughs) (laughs) call back (laughs) (laughs) Ah, and the robots ugh but there are lines to like are those kestrels i do hope so (laughs) (laughs) I came away feeling pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as bad as I remembered. In a way, I feel like probably it's about on a par with Asylum of the Daleks. But that episode was a disappointment for a Dalek episode, so I think that's why I rated that worse than perhaps I should have. Here the stakes are lower, so it can get away with being fairly crap in some ways. So I'm going to second guess my feelings here and rate this as just the batshit crazy side of OK 2.7. I was guessing 2.6 for you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You and me? All right. (laughs) There are a lot of things about this episode that I think are great. Hydro generators. We didn't talk about this, but Bad Wolf Bay, whatever it is, plays a part in, in this spaceship. And I think that's lovely to have 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put an ocean <laughs> inside our spaceship. But how do you? How else do you run the engines? Not that you ever see it from the external CGI shots. But carry on. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside ocean, Drew. Exactly. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Mm. Uh, we we can make this work. The dinosaurs, even though th- they are the titular dinosaurs, they're just an excuse to have a little character drama aboard this arc. So call it dinosaurs as a backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> but those characters are great. So, uh, not all of them, sorry. There are two characters here that are great. There is Solomon. Bradley is fantastic. Oh my goodness, I get why he was kept on the books and asked to return. Uh, never mind the fact that he looks a lot like William Hartnell, but he, <laughs> he does a great job. And Brian, even though he acclimatizes a little bit too quickly for my taste, he is really what keeps this episode going for me because he adds not only a, a really fun character in his own right, but he adds a new element, a new dimension to Rory's character in a way that allows Rory to exist without Amy mm. for a change, which is nice. Mm, yeah. Have Rory interact with a, a, a peer, someone who respects him and whom he can respect in return, without constantly being belittled or being the following character. And it doesn't even he doesn't even overcompensate for it. He doesn't lead his dad around. He just interacts with him, and it's great. Uh, Mitchell and Web Robots, agree with you. Dreadful. What a waste. Agree with you. What a waste. I'm looking around the room here, podcast land. <laughs> Riddell, take him or leave him, frankly. A bit of a stereotype, but fun-ish. Nefertiti, I found inoffensive. I liked Nefertiti in general, even though I, I mean, in the very beginning, I wrote down something like, Nefertiti bone down? Like, well, what is going on? Has the doctor, like, deliberately gone and romanced Nefertiti in some way? Because it, there seems to be that kind of vibe in the beginning. Um, yeah, she's inviting him in, into her Valley of the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to up my score a little bit from what I'd originally written. I'd originally written 2.1. I'm going to say I'm pleasantly surprised that Chibnall has written a decent episode. It has its flaws, but it is, it's not bad. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.4. It's below the middle only because the Doctor kills someone in relatively cold blood. Mm. Yeah. Marie? <sighs> Well, see, I was just listening to that going, yeah, that's so great, character. Oh, you're going to give it (laughs) (laughs) 4.9. So I I really liked Nefertiti, actually. I Uh thought she was great. Filch was great. Rory was great. Everyone's great. Brian's great. Mm -hmm. Everyone's great. I liked the characters. But yeah, the Doctor wasn't the Doctor for me. Like, it was too cold-blooded. It was too gleeful in his... I'm going to get rid of you. And yeah, and a lot of the dinosaur stuff was very, like you say, they didn't have a real role to play. So it was, yay, dinosaurs and a spaceship. Did this come out before or after Snakes on a Plane, by the way? After. (laughs) Was it? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so it seems like a bit of a cliche thing. And then they didn't really know what to do with them. So they made it into a joke and I didn't really like that aspect of it. Okay. Um, So... Uh, <laughs> well, you stop trying to guess what my score is. <laughs> <laughs> He's been all over the place. I mean, I started relatively high, and I've like <laughs> every time you said say a new sentence, I'm just lowering it by two decimals. Um, so yeah, so I, I'd remember not really liking this episode, and I think that I'm sticking with where I was. I actually had 2.4 in my head because it, I was thinking just slightly below average. But yeah, I think I have to go lower because. The Doctor kills a guy in cold blood and, <laughs> and laughs about it. And that is not Doctor Who. I'm going to go where you were and I'm going to go 2.1. 2.1. Yeah. Oh, 
That's an excellent rating. <laughs> I had you down at 2.6 a long yeah. ago. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I nearly, when you, you stole my 2.4, I was like, oh, I'd have to do something different to that one. I'll go in the middle. But no, no, I'm going lower. <laughs> <laughs> they had a device where the doctor transferred the signal from the Silurian ship to the other ship, and that, and that was fine as a device. Mm, I yeah. They could have taken it a little bit further and had Solomon be the architect of his own demise exactly. because of his greed. Exactly. Yes, yeah. They, what they should have done is say, your ship is going to explode. We're all going to be safe on this ship. Come with us. We'll drop you off somewhere and we'll let the... No, I need this green thing that's yeah. worth millions. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, and, and every single point where he, he's coming up with the plan and he's going to Rory, oh, we need to save Nefertiti. Stop the bomb from hitting us. Save the dinosaurs. Da, 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 da. Isn't the answer obvious? And he's so joyful. It feels like, oh, I must have figured out a way of doing this where nobody dies. And he didn't. He figured out a way of doing it where he kills the bad guy. And that just doesn't feel... It wasn't a last resort. It was a thing that he'd planned for. And that just it just feels wrong. It's certainly yeah. not something Chibnall would do now as showrunner yeah. with Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. And I do, I, do you feel like if it was a different Doctor, like if it was um, Capaldi, do you feel like it would... Well, he does that in his first episode, doesn't he, with the guy in the balloon? Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. But it feels like something Matt Smith's Doctor shouldn't do. Agreed. I feel like there are certain times where it warrants it. I don't know, my dad was talking to me about the... Because um, you're now coming up to... What Doctor are you on for the classics? We're on Tom Baker. Yeah, so his favourite episode is a Tom Baker episode, and he was telling me about it. Is it Genesis of the Daleks? It is, yeah. That's next up. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay, okay. So maybe I should say this. But, uh, but anyways, because I've not been allowed to talk to Jim about this because Jim hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> um, but something <laughs> happens there that kind of shows the Doctor's humanity. Yeah. And it's like, if you can have that with the Daleks, then why are you being so brutal with this one-off it's not a foe that you've met time and time again and you know that he's going to destroy blah, blah, blah. It's, he's just a guy who is very, is very selfish and very materialistic and just a bad person. But does he deserve like, the ending that he gets? Well, he has done a genocide. I mean, the Ragnos <laughs> hadn't even had a chance to do that and he, he drowned all of them in the plug hole. Yes. Oh. Screaming Ragnos babies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he's darker than we give him credit for. Yeah, but when he did that, we also called him out, yeah. uh, or called that out as uncharacteristic yeah. of the doctors. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was standing with flames framing him in the shot. Yeah, yeah, he was in a proper mood that day. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah, <laughs> got up on the wrong side of the bed. Got out of the wrong. Got side of out the bed. on the wrong side of the bed. I don't know what's the saying. Call in, Podcast Land. <laughs> Call in? How'd you get my number, Podcast Land? <laughs> Hang on, why don't we see if any of them have written in? Ooh! Ooh excellent segue. Let's do that. First up, we've got a review from... Star Wars Hill, Star Wars Hill, Star Wars Hill. Hello, Star Wars Hill. Star Wars Sill begins. Honestly, I feel pretty meh about this episode. Mm. Which is my initials, if you didn't know. Star Wars Sill. Yeah. <laughs> pretty M-E-H. Yeah, which means it's a really fucking awesome episode, surely. <laughs> <laughs> a watered-down Jurassic Park with a faint dose of Wrath of Khan at the end. Doctor! <laughs> Star Wars Sill continues. I did like two things, however. Both having to do with Rory. Mm. He says he looks out for cool nursing supplies wherever he goes and collects it in case they need it later. 
This is absolutely wonderful, and it fills my mind with delightful pictures of Amy and the Doctor running around excited by all the new things to see while Rory is actually shopping. Hello, yes, what is this? Excellent, I'd like three of those. (laughs) (laughs) The second thing I liked in this episode was the Doctor kissing Rory, and then wiping Rory's face off. 1.3? Maybe if I'd never seen dinosaurs on screen before, it would be higher, but we did just have pterodactyls a couple of episodes ago in The Wedding of River Song. Yes, that's right. That is true. Uh, True. (laughs) Star Wars still changes course ever so slightly, though I liked the part where Queen Nefertiti said the Silurian was beautiful, so I'll change my rating to 1.4. But three moments of, oh, I like that, is not enough to stave off the dinosaur boredom. Mm, True. Thank you very much. Please, Podcast Land, do yourself a favour and follow Star Wars Hill on Twitter. Star Wars Hill is at Star Wars Hill. I like how Drew, uh, before we read this out, thought that it was going to be a four point something. (laughs) (laughs) Wildly over-optimistic, Drew. (laughs) Thank you, Sill. Next up, it's Michael Ridgeway. Ridgeway. You're welcome, neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Michael. Love Michael. Oh, I also love you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Michael starts with some things he liked. The title. We got what was promised on the tin. The whimsical mishmash of dinosaurs, space stuff, and ye oldie stuff was all kinds of fun. Reminded me of the whimsy of the Seventh Doctors. Underappreciated first season. <laughs> And Michael's final thing he likes is Space Walder Frey. Oh, yes! Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay. (laughs) He then continues with some... Beefs. Brought to you in stereo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, the reason the Ark had no weapons was because the Silurians were a species so full of hope. What the hell are you on about? The Silurians have always been armed to the teeth and are super aggressive. In previous adventures, they kidnapped, poisoned, and dissected innocent people, deployed dinosaurs as weapons, and planned genocide against humanity. Just because they have a legitimate territorial claim and inexplicably helped the Doctor in A Good Man Goes to War doesn't make them less dickish than humans. Agreed. There you go. Now you know what Silurians are like. Yeah, no, I feel like I've been schooled, Michael. Thank you. (laughs) Michael continues, did the interior of the Ark look Silurian? I thought it should have been more squishy. Yes. Because it's been stampeded by dinosaurs who have just recklessly neglected to evolve over the past few million years. <laughs> yeah, there was no dinosaur market. Like, they should have been, it should have been trashed by all the loose yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, we get to see the dinosaurs just walk around the corner and they, they destroy every wall and every pillar. Yeah. They've been aboard this ship for at least 65 million years. <laughs> There's been nothing <laughs> left of it. <laughs> Next, boof. Why is the Doctor hanging out with Riddell? Why didn't Riddell say, clever girl, during the raptor attack? Uh, Drew, why didn't he? Watch Jurassic Park. Watch Jurassic Park. See, for me, that reference has always been filtered through Dwayne Benzie in space, going, clever boys. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Michael's final beef why is this a beef michael brian williams equals wannabe wilfred mott everybody wannabes wilfred mott yeah don't you want to be wilfred mott brian uh, not brian <laughs> michael <laughs> 
Michael continues with a question. Hello, Brian's postcard from mm-hmm. Siluria. Did he go back in time to when Earth was ruled by the Silurians and thus called Siluria, in which case I'd love to see that adventure? Mm-hmm. Or is this a new planet called Siluria, which misses the whole point of the Silurians being competitors to humans? I think we discussed this one and we decided it wasn't his postcard. Yeah, but it's. Well, maybe it is his, but. Oh, but I think Michael's nabbit. point is whether it is. Is it a back in time or is it a future? And if so, it's poorly named. It's future. It's blah, future. Blah, blah, blah. We did it's future because there are just dinosaurs there. There aren't dinosaurs and Silurians. And it just I would dawned say, on me. though, it is one photo. Like, you can take a photo of apes and It's go, not even a photo. It's like no a humans. shitty collage. <laughs> it's not even a Photoshop collage. It's like a MS Paint collage. <laughs> yeah. But it did dawn on me, thanks very much to Michael's that in the very first, I want to say it's called Doctor Who and the Silurians, the very first Silurian serial, they have a, let's call it a T-Rex, just in one of their tunnels, in one of their subterranean lairs. So they did coexist with dinosaurs. Mm. Good. We Good got note. that. Yeah. We, we got that sorted. <laughs> Don't worry, Michael, we got that. cleared everything up. <laughs> Need to reevaluate my score. <laughs> Touche, touche. <laughs> now some vodka and shut up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. You need to read out Michael's summary and rating, oh, yeah, especially his rating. Mm. Oh, do I? All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he says, in summary, mostly inoffensive and gives this a rating of 2.7, 2.7 out of five sleepy Silurians being jettisoned into the blackness of space. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first time Michael and I have ever agreed on a rating. Wow. Oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Both like of you. A, like a Radio 5 to Michael. <laughs> People of Podcast Land who are not Michael, please do yourselves a favour. Enrich your lives and follow Michael on Twitter. He is at bad underscore movie underscore club. Thanks very much, Michael. He's on, a, he's on a particularly rich seam of watching terrible films at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and linking them to Brexit, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have Jim the Fish. Jim? Jim begins with the good. Brian Williams was the best thing about this episode. I loved how he didn't want the doctor to take him back in time to see a loved one or to change a past event. He just wanted to sit and eat his lunch and gaze at the earth below. That's what you said. Oh, Brian. And already Jim is launching into the bag. I, I can't believe that's your one good thing, Jim. Come on. <laughs> now behold the bulk of the email. Oh dear. <laughs> the Mitchell and Webb robots weren't funny. True. No arguments here. Yeah. The dinosaurs never felt threatening or dangerous. Again. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they were fending off a pack of raptors, there seemed to be absolutely no suspense or risk. Mm. Next bad. Uh, the episode fumbled with a very ham-fisted subplot about sexism that ultimately goes nowhere. You've got the straw man game hunter up against two wise and independent women. Ultimately, nothing really comes from this subplot, and it's executed in this cliched women-can-shoot-guns-too sort of way that introduces more stereotypes rather than breaking them. True again. (laughs) Uh, The tender moment uh, between Amy and the Doctor seemed to be out of place. It's one thing to keep a story arc developing. It's another to have the Doctor say, in lieu of absolutely nothing, let's pause the episode while we discuss the through-line of the series. Mm -mm. Even though I said exactly the opposite. Oh, did you? (laughs) (laughs) But I I see it. When he says it like that, though. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's just because there's no arc. Yeah. Just, I'm happy about that and 
Is it kind of the equivalent of having the occasional flash of is she pregnant? Is she not pregnant? Is she pregnant? Is she not pregnant? Yeah. Just so are you leaving? Are you not leaving? Are you leaving? Are you not leaving? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but we're like, oh, we're just gonna add something here to solidify the fact that, or like, just to anchor it in the the run of this season. Mm. Well, maybe this is just the first minute since the Doctor materialized around them that Amy has been able to corner the Doctor with his arms stuck together. down a tube, yeah. yeah, where he can't run away, and she can actually say this to him yeah okay yeah not yeah okay regardless jim the fish's main problem with this episode is how the doctor got contacted at the end of the last season he said he was going to fly under the radar apparently it's still really easy to contact him though and lots of people other than amy rory and river clearly know he's alive oh yeah mm. we, we didn't talk about this yeah. it's psyche paper right so who so who contacts him the yeah. is the indian space is that what it is? If Program. if someone is in peril, it just magically appears on his <laughs> psychic paper. Mm. Oh, rethinking my rating. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jim the Fish continues with it's just a typically bland Chibnall script, and he rates it a one point three out of five. Another popular mm. rating. Yeah. Mm. That's less than half of what Drew gave it. And Michael. <laughs> and Michael. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much, Jim. And welcome back, by the way, after a little break. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh. Hi, Jim. Glad to have one Jim on this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Tracy from, from America. America. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Tracy begins, hello, podcast slash dog present friends. <laughs> I give you my assorted thoughts, followed by extremely random rating. Intriguing. Tracy continues, this I can dig. Running, snappy dialogue, characters we don't have to know much about. Nephi is basically a better Liz 10. Riddle is the I'm God's gift to everyone. We all know the ponds, Silurians and dinosaurs in general, not the handsome ones. Tracy then continues with a quote. Never had a gang before. Actual BS. Yes. Tegan Nissa Adric, Strax Mastra Jenny, Ian Barbwire Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she's called a Barbwire. <laughs> <laughs> Rory's dad says, Tell me where we are. Doc sticks out his tongue. <laughs> yeah, that's quite nice. I like that. That's like the yo yo, for example. Or yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Just continues. Do the robots remind anyone else of Flight of the Concords? Haven't seen it. Did I not say the Silurians are dead? Yeah, but having not seen it, me and Leon just let that one slide. Yeah. yeah. We well, get it. keep it in. <laughs> we've, we've listened to Flight of the Concords. Now we will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Non-consensual Rory Doctor Kiss. Eleven is kind of bad at boundaries. It was quite a sloppy kiss. It, it was, actually, yeah. I did... Oh... I wonder if I'm desensitized. I did. I wasn't offended by it when it happened. Yeah. It, it seemed more slapsticky, if anything. But yeah. okay, yeah, fair enough. Amy to Riddell. I'm easily worth two men. You can help too if you like. Mm. Uh, that pair of scenes with Rory and his dad showing off their particular skill sets to each other is quite nice. It is. Oh, I've just seen the rating. Not <laughs> <laughs> so random now, is it? <laughs> Tracy has a better title: The Silurian Arc. It's Ark Week. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and a contribution from Tracy from America's husband. It's Harry Potter Day on set. Simultaneously, it's feature of future Doctor Day, as the villain also appears as Doc One in that Christmas app. Chibs. This story seems okay. <laughs> she gives this a rating of 
P-O-N-K and Leon. <laughs> you know what? That is a really random rating. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. Do you happen to not be Tracy? Then you should be following Tracy on Twitter. She can be found at... Yekatnyatnuf. That's Fountain Tracy. Backwards, almost. <laughs> and that's it for Listener Minilands. So next up, <laughs> it's going to be a classic, first of all, namely... Genesis of the Daleks. Which is my dad's favourite episode, <laughs> if you weren't already aware of that. <laughs> After that, we're going to have the next new who, namely... A Town Called Mercy. That's right. That's right. I don't know Mercy. what that voice was. <laughs> In the meantime, you can say hello to us on Twitter. Marie, are you on Twitter? I am not. Okay. Drew, you are on Twitter? I am. Harken to my tweety bark <laughs> at Drew Back When. <laughs> I'm on Twitter as well. I am at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-E-N, if in doubt uh, about the spelling. Refer to Tracy's Exactly, uh, I was about to say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the lovely voice that you heard just a moment ago came from surprise last-minute guest Jim, who is also on Twitter. He is at Jimmy the Who. Uh, <laughs> until the next time, thank you so much for listening. You've been a lovely audience. Rock on and cha cha! Bye bye! Toodles! <laughs> Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of Who Back When. Tell your friends! I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao Who back when?